0: B-b-b-b-bra.
1: We are joined together in holy matrimony with our guest for today, Taylor Cock.
2: I, I didn't realize that uh, coming on a podcast was a legally binding contract.
1: It is a legally binding contract. We are all
0: married, the three of us. Now right. to get, emo, which is to our fourth. fourth. <laughs>
1: We're getting divorced and we're taking half your money. Is what is what what's this whole thing was about.
2: Can we can we just hang out for
1: a second so I can get
2: the tax breaks?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Cool.
0: I I've been married uh, for a year now and twice now I have filed for taxes and and still filed single. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm really <laughs> not taking advantage out. of the parts of my marriage that I'm supposed to. But we're just so bad at <laughs> at organizing. <laughs>
1: Honey, we're married, right? Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: that's the part that we couldn't organize right is uh agreeing.
1: <laughs> we had that ceremony, you remember? Family and friends were there. Well, the, That was a wedding. The thing
0: is, her mom's an accountant, but she's like two years behind on paying her taxes. So I'm just like, Ooh, well, cool. when you catch up, we'll file together. And that's, I, <laughs> I, I wanted that to be motivation to do that, but uh, it is not working that way. <laughs> and and when, I, when I say it out loud, I realize that that would not motivate me either and would actually kind of make me angry. You know what? I actually have to go fix my relationship after this show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah, like I a think this whole podcast is realizing that I'm wrong. <laughs> 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 well, I feel like any any if you just
1: say the word taxes or like filing to anyone, they're just like, how how fucking dare you yeah. say those words? You know to how me?
0: anyone in a relationship loves talking about money and shared rela- and shared responsibilities. <laughs> well, let's ratchet that up a notch and threaten you with jail. <laughs> Oh okay. goodness! oh so
1: the album that we are talking about today is braids frame and canvas uh, which is taylor
0: why don't you introduce people who are you why are you here what did you do wrong
1: oh yeah i forgot i forgot we were talking so much about our marriage that uh <laughs> i forgot to <laughs> uh i, I... Taylor, I... our new husband introduce yourself to yes. everyone <laughs> uh <laughs>
2: Uh I, I am a writer dude punk guy, I guess. Like that that's sort of the, the brand I have managed to give myself on the internet. Uh I so, like that your brand yeah.
0: summary includes guy. You know, yeah, just some dude kinda guy. That guy. Yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah. Uh so the <clears throat> the reason I picked this album was because I realized when I was about nineteen that I don't want to listen to ska anymore. <laughs> and I tried folk punk for a while and that, that didn't go super great. And then yeah. all of a sudden I was like, wait, this whole emo thing exists. I, I've always kind of liked Captain Jazz. What else is there? Right. And then I found Braid. And so that uh, I think that's sort of been uh, that's sort of a good summary of my life, where I committed really hard into something that wasn't actually that cool or good, and then <laughs> eventually found something that was slightly
1: less not cool and good, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and therefore emo. <laughs> uh, you saying folk punk, like I was just like, man, I understand that sentence a whole lot because like you'll hear like one folk punk banger, like, oh man, this is good, and then you hear like two more, you're like, wow, this is. Literally the same band over and over again. (laughs) My my buddy uh, that I
0: uh, co-host a show with him when I'm out in L.A., it's called uh, A Fistful of Vinyl. It's on a college radio station. And he does nothing but folk punk. And the folk punk bands come in and perform in the studio and stuff. And he's really built this cool thing for himself in there. But when I go in to co-host the stuff I bring in as guest music, he's like, none of this is folk punk. I was like, yeah, we got to break it up, man. I I just can't can't do a three-hour block of this this thing that you love, which I appreciate, but it's why we don't go to like weekend festivals together because I can't see (laughs) the same guy who hasn't bathed break an acoustic guitar (laughs) every hour on the hour for four days. Uh, Those shows are so stinky. you guys are always are, are so right like you hear like a couple of folk punk songs and you're like shit i could get real into this and then the the drop-off comes so fast where you're like <laughs> no there's maybe nothing for me here yeah <laughs> there's,
2: there's maybe two good bands and i've already heard all of their songs f- right folk
0: punk exists to be two songs on a mix cd but no more than yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's great yes. for breaking yeah, up the electric stuff but
1: like i'll uh i I remember when i first heard andrew jackson jihad i was just like i was like oh i I really like this song i should listen to this album and i never made it to a whole album because (laughs) i was like this is this is just repeating itself yep oh man i mean i i have a deep soft spot for that band as somebody who uh
2: saw them extremely early on um do they you know i have the classic like old punk dude story where i you know they, they were on their first tour of California, and they played this living room. And, right. Uh, but, it, yeah, I've, that's the one of the two bands I was referring to as one of the good ones.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I figured. That's like the only, that's like one of the bands where people are like, folk punk, you know.
2: Yeah, AJJ, that band. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, that's the whole genre. Yeah.
1: It's like all these bands are just like... They all kind of sound like if the Mountain Goats didn't have any sort of subtlety. (laughs) And the Mountain Goats already don't have a whole lot of subtlety. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, I like the Mountain Goats, but man, there's a lot of Mountain Goats. There is. Um, uh, (laughs) So, uh, this album... um, This album is very emo. Yes. (laughs) Like... Like if you were if you were to be like, hey, uh, tell me what second wave emo sounds like. It was just like, well, I have this braid album that you can yep. listen to if you wanna if you wanna understand what that sounds like. Yeah, it's like one step below like the
2: the Captain Jazz Twinkly stuff. It's like if, right. if if you can't if you can handle that, then you go like, okay, here's the next step you go down before right, you really
1: dive in. Here's the Promise Ring. Here's yeah. Here's sunny day real estate, and mm-hmm. then you can find weird shit like Cap'n Jazz. So this is yeah.
0: this is interesting for me because I I hadn't listened to Braid yet, which also maybe it's time for me to acknowledge the fact that when we started this podcast, I thought that emo and alt rock in the '90s were gonna have a lot more overlap than than what we did. <laughs> I feel like so many of the episodes we've started have been like. I never even heard of this band. And like, boy, howdy. Maybe I just didn't get emo. Turns out I didn't get emo. I really didn't. I I just, I I lumped brand new in with a bunch of bands that I liked. And I I did not understand the assignment. I did not get the homework when we started this. (laughs) But over a year in, I think it's time for me to admit. Uh, But uh, this is, uh, this album uh, and listening to this answers some questions for me. Because uh, I I think this is perhaps a, a line in that a lot of people had i got in uh, with at the drive-in with relationship a command and then like every other dude that found them because of one Arm scissor uh you go back and you're like oh let's listen to the stuff that they recorded before this and it's late 90s albums like in in casino out and stuff like that uh and and hell paso and it all sounds exactly like this and because i knew them through at the drive-in and the mars volta i was like what the fuck are they doing on these albums where there's no distortion and it's just a bunch of like <laughs> harmonics. And then this guy is very clearly singing with no like backing vocals. And he, I I, I know that he's a, 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 a fucking talented singer, but he's hitting all the wrong notes. Uh, and yep. and I, I was listening to this album. And I was like, oh fuck, uh, I, I get so much more about what this wave of emo was. And I feel like uh, in in my dumb fucking film school brain, uh, this wave of emo for me now makes sense to me if I think of it like Dogma 95 and those set of filmmaking rules for for, for that th- mm-hmm. set of things. Because everything here sounds like, in, a, in a very similar way to that form of filmmaking. Uh, the vocals on everything here are just like whatever your first take was and wherever you cracked or didn't get the note, that fucking stays. Your first draft... Stays on there, <laughs> uh, and that even, uh, and I it, it, it broke for me on the song Ariel on this album. Uh, I realized that like a lot of the harmonies that they do, and a lot of uh, emo bands in this era do, don't sound like normal singing harmonies because they're sort of the harmonies that uh, mimic the drone chords that they're hitting on the guitar, so they're thinking of their voices in the same way that they're thinking of their weird discordant guitar parts. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Okay, mm-hmm. all of it's starting to crack into place for me. There is, there like, a sort of a, a cohesive sound for this era, and I didn't get how or why these bands were doing it. And in listening to this album, I was like, oh, I I appreciate so much more of, like, early at the drive end now and other bands in this time, because, like, <laughs> this this was such a cool sound. And I was like, what is it that, that unifies these things? And it's a very first draft thing with these... Fucking wacko guitar parts, uh, and then but also building yourself musically, even vocally, in that same way. So, if, if you want to drone through an entire song, that's just fine, and that's rock and roll. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Ariel is actually the track that I sort of point to. I'm glad you brought that album or that song up in particular because that's the one that I, I really point to as sort of like the braid track, as far, as far as I'm concerned. I know there's others that are like, you know, obviously, the new Nathan Detroit's the first track in the album is sort of like that's the entry point for this band. But Ariel's the the song that I point to, to say like, this is the song that sort of encapsulate what encapsulates what this band was about. And the fact that you open up with that, like almost pop punk beginning. Um, and then, and then it gets really, like you said, really discordant and, and, and sort of, they really, really do their best to hide what's catchy about it. Um, and so it, it takes a couple tries to get it as oh there's the melody there's the chorus there's the catchy part um, and that's sort of braid to me that's why that's why it caught me at 19 years old 20 years old and, and as being like oh this is some deep band I mean I, I I think their lyrics are really strong but like I don't think it's some you know right this isn't T S Eliot you know like this right. it, it, it's not hard to read uh, like but I I think that it's really interesting how they managed to figure out a way to bring in this, I want to say almost rock and roll pop punky feel to what was coming out of, you know, stuff like Rides of Spring and even Captain Jazz um, who are much more, much less, much less catchy than Braid ever was. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's, I think that's really what Braid managed to pull off in a way that a lot of different bands during that era didn't, and there's a reason why we, I people still talk about this album.
1: Just you know, I agree. Bi- <laughs> big thoughts from from your guest on his first time. Oh the no, show. I mean I would want the guest because like uh, I didn't. Braid was never one of the bands that I got into. Like it was, it was. Uh, like I heard them, but it never, it never caught on for me. Terrence, um, would you please tell me what your
0: reaction was to listening to this album? Oh, I, I <laughs> so I listened
1: to this. I had listened to this last week. Um because uh we were supposed to record last week but circumstances all that other stuff. And so I was listening to it. I was like this this entire album sounds like if you were to take a flannel shirt that you got <laughs> from a thrift store and put it on a vinyl player. Yep. I
2: mean, I, I a I'm a vinyl player. Sh-
1: I'm currently shoving all of my plaid
2: flannel shirts into my closet.
1: It's uh yeah. might say something about me. <laughs> I recently gave all of my uh, my uh, plaid flannel shirts to my nephew, so I keep buying it'll... more. It's bad. <laughs> uh, Costco has them weirdly mm-hmm. enough. Uh, you can get them for like 15 bucks or whatever, 10-15 bucks if U- you Uniqlo a...
2: Uniqlo has uh, realize the American Taylor cock market and has a pile of probably 30 different plaids, uh, plaid flannels in
1: their stores these days. I'm just like, Oh man, this is, I gotta, I gotta go. I can't, I can't be seen in here anymore. Um, yeah, there's, there's just something about this album that there's only one song on here that I just, I go back to and listen to, um, uh, collect from Clark, uh, Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something about that song just, uh, when I hear that song I'm just like yeah I like this album but just kind of listen to the rest of it it doesn't I, look I don't hate it and mm-hmm. but but I don't love it like I like it like if somebody put it on I would have no uh, I'd have no problem with it but I don't think it'd be something I would choose myself sure yeah I mean I think it's definitely one of those albums that
2: it's it's one of those more important than good albums Um, I right. think uh, I, I mean I listen to it fairly regularly but that's just for you know uh, emotional reasons, <laughs> considering you know, emo. Uh, right, <laughs> I, I have an attachment to it. Uh, I would say that I don't actually listen to that much Braid other than this album. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, they put out a new one, let's see, when, when did that one come out? Um, in 2014, that I, sh- mm-hmm. I actually think is pretty okay. Um, mm-hmm. but the, for the most part, if I'm going to go, if I'm in an emo mood, this isn't the first album that I jumped to, but the reason right. that I brought it up was sort of like the, I think it's a, it's a really amazing entry point for a lot of the different genres, uh, a lot of the different sort of, I don't even want to say subgenres cause we just all call them emo, but like the, the different bands that were a part right. of that scene, uh, going
1: backwards and forwards. I think it's just like this really interesting entry point for all that stuff. Right. It's kind of like, um, when it when there's like a movie or like a very intense movie or something where you're just like man that movie is really good no like do you recommend other people see it kind of <laughs> if they're interested yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like it just it, it like the discourse around it kind of reminds me of just like uh when hereditary came out earlier this year where people are like man this movie is really good and then just like should i see it it's good movie. Yeah. Like, they can't. It's not one of those things where you could just be like, yes, you should also, like, it's one of those things if you care about the history of, and like the importance of a film, a movie, a game, or whatever, it's just like, yes, impart in, in this, but if just to just be like, hey, have this, I, take this with you. It feels yeah. like
0: when you called me out for, uh, with your tweet of, uh, all my friends, uh, Bojack is great, all my friends. I watched BoJack, and now I feel terrible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's more or less it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely... <laughs> it, it'll mess you up if you discover it too early, I think. Like, I think that's right. that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, like, the whole... If you, if I found this band at 15 instead of 19, mm-hmm. I feel like I would be an entirely different dude. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, it, at 15 years old, I was... As I said earlier, I was really into ska, like third-wave ska, <laughs> because I think everybody goes through a ska phase at one point if you're into underground rock at all. Um, I mean, why uh,
0: do they rock so hard? It's difficult well, to answer. It's,
2: it's very difficult. Um, turns out they don't, actually. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but the, I think that really formed a lot of my uh, mental state in terms of music. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I found, and then once I discovered, you know, stuff like braid, it. it I was glad. All right, looking back, I am glad that I didn't find this stuff the same time I got really obsessed with ska music because, the I would be, be as somebody <laughs> insufferable, who, insuff, a insufferable, and be <laughs> somebody who already has sort of a depressive mind. It right. it would not have gone well for me that early. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. would have dove in. I, I never got into Elliot Smith But like I feel like it's the same thing You know It's reveling in that stuff a little bit um, Reveling in sort of Instead of working to improve Yeah I think Maybe is the is yeah. way to put that I am going to go real Bummer City on this episode. I hope you guys don't mind. Like, I mean, it's, it's an
1: emo podcast.
0: Yeah, so. we, we got to go Bummer City. We, we should have called the podcast Bummer City, actually.
1: Yeah. We should have. Yeah, the, that's a good name.
2: But, yeah, no, it, it, I, th- I think that you have to be mentally prepared for for this sort of... It's it's crazy because, you know, even stuff like Cap Jazz, those dudes were, like, 15 when they wrote this album. I think Braid was, like, 15 when they formed, which is, like, how are you... How are you, you? Get an album out when you were fifteen. Yeah, especially like now it's easy. Like just throw. A... I
0: couldn't change the strings on my guitar. I had to have my dad do it. For <laughs> me. Come on. Uh,
2: I, I, yeah, I didn't need. I pretended like I knew how to play bass at the time. I still don't know how to play bass. <laughs> no, no one knows but how to I play pretended. bass. I pretended. If you can pretend, yeah. then you've done it. <laughs> yeah, just just throw a power chord in there every once in a while and pretend like that's something cool and interesting. Which I think Braid does. It's,
0: it's
1: like a saxophone or something. It's just like how oh, there's four keys on here, but it's making all that noise. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Buy yourself a fuzz pedal, you'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that it's Braid, man. It's it's sad. It's sad boy music.
1: I like sad boy music as a sad boy yeah. myself. There's nothing wrong with being a sad boy. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm, I've try, like I'm. I'm trying to think of this was never one of the bands that i even heard my friends talk about like if they talked about emo it was just like oh american football and Mm -hmm. sunday real estate and things things of that nature but braid was never one of the ones that really came up in conversation Mm -hmm. but i mean this was this came out in 1998 this was like a part of that that time frame of this is this is where emo happened yep um and where where is the band originally from? They're from Illinois, I think. Champagne. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Chicago. Like, I was, if it's around Chicago, then like that was like Get Up Kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, I think the, yeah, the Get Up Kids is actually a really interesting comparison to Braid because the Get
2: Up Kids went sort of the full. They took the poppy side of things and, mm-hmm. and really embraced that. And I, and I love the Get Up Kids. Don't get me wrong, but like the Braid was doing sort of they took the the interesting parts. From that sort of scene, um, mm-hmm. musically in terms of instrumentation and all, all that good stuff. And they, and they ran with that. Um, so it, it's, it's sort of two sides of the same coin. Um, you can definitely hear when you listen to those albums back to back, which I have done on several occasions because I'm that guy. Um, you can definitely hear the, the similar influences. Uh, mm-hmm. you can tell that these guys were really into discord, um, and really loved a lot of that, like you know, embrace and all that good stuff. Um, and tried to add a little bit of an element of pop punk to it because if you if you if you think about like the time period that they were around in Chicago, um, it was you know, Naked Raygun was like the biggest band in the world at the time. There, mm-hmm. that nobody else gave in the world gave a shit about Naked Raygun, but like um, in Chicago, that was like the band. Um, mm-hmm. And so they. They really embraced a lot of that um, sort of anthemic, chorusy stuff, and mm-hmm. took it in a direction that wasn't exactly the same as a lot of the pop punk pop punk bands of the that the time. They really buried a lot of that anthemic stuff, uh, right. but it's, if you listen to it, if you get into it. It's still there. Um, yeah, it's just like it's it's you gotta find it a little bit, which I, I, I that's one of the reasons why I think it it catches people and requires so many listens. Um, when you first find it as a sad nineteen-year-old,
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I'm looking at their Wikipedia page uh, just to like look at their album listing. They they had uh, three albums mm-hmm. come out before they broke up, and then they reunited in 2011 and released an album in 2014. Apparently, they're they're still uh, they're still touring and all that. Yep. But their first album was 26 tracks long and 63 minutes. That yeah, that sounds right. It's probably just a compilation of 7 inches I would guess. I'm I'm would guess. It doesn't say anything about it, but uh the it says most of the songs are 1 to 3 minutes uh-huh. uh with one going as long as 4 minutes. But I can't imagine being one being 15 years old and making an hour long album. Yeah. And it's a studio album. Like, it was, it was, it was like, like, it's not like some, hey, we did this, we're selling this at a show, like, we're selling this out of somebody's house. Like, they got signed to a record label. It's crazy. I mean, I, th- I think it's one of those examples of, I mean, gro- growing up in, a, in the punk
2: scene myself, like, you see a lot of these little tiny labels pop up and put out, like, two albums and then disappear. Right. Um, and you all, there's always that one dude who has some recording equipment. He'll have, like, <laughs> two mics and a laptop. I mean, I guess an RRL laptop. Um, I would assume they probably recorded that on a four-track, I would guess. Um, yeah. But, because uh, that album doesn't sound that great. Um, <laughs> the, but the... Uh, there's always that one dude in the punk scene that can record everybody. So it, that yeah. guy probably recorded them. He probably recorded, uh, the get up kids at some point. I, this is pure conjecture, but like, <laughs> right. All those Chicago bands, I can almost guarantee you that dude recorded them at least once. <laughs> like, f- like alkaline trio probably got recorded by that dude. Like it, it's, it's one of those things. Um, every,
1: everyone knows him. Yeah, exactly. Either that I'm, or I'm trying to think, of, I'm trying to think that there is, I, I can think of a couple of dudes that have, like floated around the uh, the um, the music scene of my area. Hey, guess couple, who had an eight-track
0: uh, machine in Salina, Kansas? <laughs> hell yeah! And recorded you putting every out- single band there for like eight years. <laughs>
2: Just set up a mic in the middle of the room and let them go.
0: I had eight mics, sir. Holy shit! Oh, On that's some track.
1: serious business. Yes. Did you put a, bunch of, uh, put a bunch of blankets in a closet and have the lead singer stand in there? Mm-hmm. Yes, actually. Listening to...
0: Some, sometimes <laughs> winter coats.
2: Did you, I know what I'm talking about. Yep. Did you make the band play live because it's more real, man?
0: No, because that was always uh, none of them thing. could multi-track. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we couldn't get it in a take, we weren't going to fix it later. There was There was one band that was like, I was in college at this point, and I came back, and they were like, freshman in high school or maybe even eighth graders and they wanted to do an ep and i was like cool 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 uh and their bass player every fucking note he played was wrong every fucking note so like uh (laughs) wait did you record my band yes (laughs) because that was me it was just like who's this ass that keeps pretending he knows the bass throwing in a power Mm -hmm. chord every once in a while even though you don't do power chords on a bass come on man you You didn't know how to pretend right uh and uh, this uh, the guitarist in this guy's band uh, wrote the music for everyone and, and basically taught his friend how to play bass to play the stuff. So he came over one time and he was like, hey, just overdub me over it and we'll never tell him that like we did the parts differently or that I redid them. And I was like, okay. So I plugged him in to re-record the bass parts and we got done recording uh, and they sounded even fucking worse. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what you guys are doing. Uh, and somehow at school, like the next day, the guitarist told one friend and the friend told somebody else. And then the bass player kid found out he'd been re-recorded over and was distraught. And I was just like, well, bring him in and let him record. Like it can't get worse a third time. And when this kid came back over to record, I was like, Hey, before we start, have, have any of you tuned that bass? And they're like, Oh, (laughs) so they, they tuned the bass, which had not been tuned yet. And then the kid was able to play it flawlessly. And I was like, I'm glad we fixed this, but also your, uh, your, your brilliant music guy uh, who wrote everything uh, also didn't think to tune the fucking bass. So you know what? <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, like, he, he hurt your feelings, uh, but also was less smart than you about this. So let's... Yeah. <laughs> I think that was about the any? end of my time with it where I was like, oh, I'm involved in like middle school drama for like recording these bands. I do not care. <laughs> Brooke, I need you to tell like right now. I need you to tell me more stories about recording
1: because <laughs> I, I want I want to hear the like because I didn't uh, like I I knew a lot of people in bands, but I never like got involved in bands or anything like that. Uh, but I want to hear you guys talk about being in bands.
0: Sure, I uh, mean, please tell me. Please tell me your stories.
2: My my personal
0: well, favorite one, story one is we were driving to a show what? in Western Kansas and. Uh, my dad was driving because we weren't old enough to drive, but we were all in a minivan with the equipment uh, and a tornado was coming down on the highway in front of us. And he was like, well, we can't miss the show. So he gunned the minivan to like 100 miles per hour and we drove under the funnel of the tornado. Like we looked up into the, what the tornado f- coming down as he drove through it uh, and we was like no, no, no concert in Garden City, Kansas was ever going to be worth this. And then we got to our venue and like 200 plus people came out who knew the words to our songs. And I was like, oh, space has arrived. Uh, for some mm. reason, people <laughs> give a shit about who we are. And you know what? I would have died in a tornado to feel this feeling. Yeah, the, that's the trick, right? Is you finally make it to the show and
2: everyone knows the words. And you're like, oh, I mean, granted, I never had that experience because all my <laughs> bands were garbage. Um but i w- tell, tell me tell me about your story <laughs> well i for one I, I was the minivan guy my first car was a minivan a dodge caravan gold it was beautiful um so me nice. being 16 i took out the middle seat of the middle seat of the van as you do and so we would just always shove everyone's van equipment in the car or in the van um and then sit on the floor while i drove which was Super safe, and I'm sure the California police absolutely loved us. But um, the uh, every time we'd see a cop, we'd be like, "Duck!" Um, Everyone had to get down. It was great. Um, (laughs) So it just looked like one 16 year old driving with a bunch of drums in the backseat. But I remember uh, my buddy Wesley was the who's actually an audio engineer now. So like he actually made this into a career. um, Who. He was recording the band that would become, I'm not going to name any names, but would become an extremely popular emo rock band of today. Um, and the singer of that band was convinced that the right way to record this album but that he was putting out by his hardcore band was uh, to do the exact same thing that Iggy and the Stooges did on Raw Power, which was... Blow everything the fuck out, like uh, so everything, and my and my bud Wes, who like knows sound very well, like that's his whole thing, is like this is gonna sound terrible, and the singer was like, "Nah, dude, we're doing it. Like this is we want to be like the Stooges, which you don't really want to be like the Stooges Stooges already exist. Like, (laughs) I I love the Stooges, but like, come on." Right, yeah You can't not yeah. love the Sto- the Stooges But like, you don't want to be the Stooges um, And yeah, it turns out That album came out Or that EP, I guess It came out And us being in high school we're Like, this is the coolest shit Because um, they could actually play their instruments uh, But the <laughs> It sounded, looking back I, I've got a I've got an MP3 of it somewhere It sounds so, so, so bad And it sucks Because like, the, the the songs are cool like they're interesting Not. but like god damn it sounds bad but like that that was that was every time uh anyone wanted to record with wesley's they had these ideas and wesley'd be like that's a bad idea and they're like no nah, we're doing it we're gonna play live we're gonna turn our amps all the way the fuck up um and you're gonna put the microphone directly next to the bell it's gonna sound terrible it's gonna be awesome um yeah that was pretty much every band it's, uh, it's a lot of Southern stuff like, uh,
0: like screenwriting uh, when you get to like film school where uh, the first thing everyone wants to do is break all the fucking rules. I'm the next Tarantino and you're like, you don't na- yeah. name one rule. You don't know a fucking rule <laughs> yet. Like it's it's the same thing with a lot of audio stuff like, yeah, we're going to distort the shit out of this. And like it will be unlistenable unless you've got some <laughs> sort of sleigh bell situation going on. No one's signing up for this newsletter like uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, you you either if you're gonna go bury all of the stuff like that, bury all of the instruments like that, you either have to be ready for that. You know, like you have to be doing something so extreme, like you have to be converge to do that, or you have to your songs have to be so goddamn amazing that no one cares. You have to be you have to be Crimp Shrine or Dillinger Four, basically. Like that's the level of really good punk band you have to be in order to really break through all that stuff. And don't get me started on Dillinger Four; they're my favorite band. But like, yeah, the 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 songs, the song quality is not gonna be that good when you're 17 years old. It just isn't. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Um, the, six <laughs> bands ever have recorded a, an album before the uh, before the age of 17 that have been good, and you're
1: not that. Sorry about it. <laughs> uh, that that just makes me think of uh, like a lot of my friends. Uh, they played in pop punk bands mm-hmm. uh, in the at the early to mid-2000s um, some of them are still around like still like not always thought like my friend not just because they were my friends but the stuff they recorded and, and the uh, um, the songs that they play I still think are good and they're well written uh, and then they would play with these bands that I would see and I'm just like y- you would see the same people in different bands and all the bands sounded exactly the same mm-hmm. and they never went anywhere. <laughs> that
2: that sounds right. I mean, that was that that was that era of pop punk, right? Like the early to mid two thousands. All the bands were like this was even before they all started doing the uh, the Ramones core thing again. You know, in the, in like the late two thousands when TH Bob yeah. and all those bands came out. Everyone was just trying to sound. Everyone was just trying to sound again. I'm gonna bring them up. The Dillinger Four. Like they were just trying to do that sort of gruff midwestern sound almost. Mm-hmm. And it like. Interestingly enough, Dillinger Four's first full-length album came out the same year as Frame and Canvas. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, it, it was. It seemed like every band during that era was trying to do one of one of two things. They were either trying to be Dillinger Four or they were trying to be Braid, um, right, or a popular version of Braid, and right. nobody could really pull it off.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll say there's I'll say there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of EPs. Like, uh, any band from this, any email band from this area, or from this era, has, uh, has um, like, a split EP with some band that you've never heard of. And you're oh, yeah. just like, who? Like, what? <laughs> who are these people, and what happened to them? It's their buds, man. They they're, It's this, this, this <laughs> those dudes that grew up down the street, and they had the, the
2: competing band. <laughs> but in the spirit of DIY, they put out a split together. Yeah. That was the, always the yeah. way it went. uh but yeah the going back to braid <laughs> i'm i'm host i am the host of this podcast now um okay. the one, i, I <laughs> the i think that the the coolest part about this album is the actually the intro to the first track um new Nathan detroit's the that drum part is so nuts that every time i hear it i'm just like that sort of like like that, it's it's such a cool drum part That I, I think that A lot of A lot of bands miss What the importance of a, Like a really nuts drummer is Because everyone's like Oh we don't know any drummers Hey Patrick can you learn How to play drums Like that's every time um, And I say Patrick Because that was the guy That we did that to In high school um, <laughs> And he was He was always terrible Because he like Learned to play drums For our band And now he's actually An amazing drummer But like Back then, it it, it was rough, um, but the, the the fact that they were able to the fact the braid was able to find this dude in a punk scene who knew how to play drums and knew how to play drums well um, is remarkable. <laughs> like I don't think people really get how difficult it is to find a drummer in the punk scene.
1: Uh, there was I remember one of my friends growing up. Uh, we had I used to perform in the in the church youth band mm-hmm. and he wanted to play drums but he could not keep a beat to save his life yep and there was plenty of guys i knew who wanted to play drums and had a full drum set and could not keep a beat to save their life <laughs> and that was that's that's drumming to this day oh yeah it's it's i'm sorry to any up-and-coming punk bands about your drummer
2: because it's gonna be bad <laughs> Um, I'm also sorry about your bassist Cause if I'm, if I'm anything to show you, he'll also be bad. Um, but the, yeah, we, my, I had a summer band in college that, you know, we'd come back and play songs together. Mostly we'd just play against me covers because that's what bands did during that time. Um, but we recorded a, a 12 song album, um, that we never did anything with. We just wanted to document the songs, you know, um, got our buddy Wesley to come over and record us. Um, but yeah, the, if you go back and listen to it, that the drums are, they're a little rough. I'm pretty sure Wesley spliced in some beats, like he just cut out and threw it. Yeah. Um, but the songs are very up and down and very fast. I'm sorry, Patrick. I love you. You're my bud. <laughs> but you were rough back then. You know it. You're a great drummer now. You play Grateful Dead cover bands for some reason. <laughs> you're great that's, that's okay that that's actually uh,
0: really good drumming i i can't imagine being that that. yeah he he, an he moved to,
2: <laughs> he moved to the the middle of the woods in in wisconsin and plays in grateful dead cover bands now it's okay. it's actually if you're gonna do it you might as well
1: do it you know if you're you, you might as well commit you got to do it yeah Brock do you have any uh, other stories you want to tell About uh, bands because I'm
0: enjoying This oh I'll, I'll keep them for another Episode <laughs> uh, to, to return to this Album uh, th- There's so much here to enjoy and I, I feel like Nathan Detroit's Is both th- the best Line in which I realized when I heard it, I was like Oh I have heard this song hundreds of times mm-hmm. over The years I just never cared And then I was like it's actually kind of A bad intro to the album though because uh, it really sets up hmm. that like we don't give a shit about how we're singing sort of thing and then everything else gets a lot better from there uh and oh, yeah. it, it doesn't have some of the same like musical tempo changes or or even even the guitars sound a little different than they do throughout i was like oh i, I can't tell if they thought that that was going to be the single and then they overproduced it or underproduced it or tried too hard or didn't try hard enough something's off with that one uh but i think uh for me uh a dozen roses especially the like Two and a half minutes of very at the drive-in like palm mute breakdown stuff in the middle. I was just like, this mm-hmm. is that is what uh, defines a Brock Jam right there. Uh, no notes, <laughs> lots of lots of noise, no notes. <laughs> Brock Jam, Brock
1: Jams is my favorite '90s compilation of uh, songs to play while working out. Mm-hmm. God, that's really
0: good. And no one's ever yeah, done. Shit. Of all the Brock puns. I've never heard Brock Jams. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> I, I love that. That's great. Welcome but to yeah. the Chicago Bulls. And then just atonal palm muting. And <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's looking around like,
2: What the fuck? <laughs> trying to get excited for the game. Oh, oh no. we've We've committed too hard to the Chicago thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my God.
2: Oh goodness! One one guy in the back in a Cap and Jazz t shirt, just like pumping his fist, like yeah. Uh,
0: but I feel everyone like that else, I would be too sad. judgmental to commit that early. <laughs> You'd be like, let's let's see where this goes. It's not exactly Cap and Jazz, if you know what I mean. You're like, yeah, Cap and Jazz shirt guy, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're exactly who I expected you to be. <laughs> either that or, either
2: <sighs> that, or he's just excited to get to be recognized as a human being. You know, like <laughs> oh God. he's got such a persecution complex that he hears this song, And gets real stoked. Um, as my clear Southern California roots come out, saying "stoked." Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I get for growing up in a beach city. Uh, but yeah, going back to a, a dozen roses, like yeah, that that song. I think you're right. I think it, it's it's sort of the the linchpin of the album. Um, that's the one that makes everything else make sense around it, and it, there's, I think there's a reason why it's right smack in the middle of the album, um, in the fact that like it's 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 all of the elements of what Braid does sort of shoved into one track, and I think it it that's the one. I always compare Braid to uh, to Envy in a lot of ways, the Japanese hardcore band, um, mm-hmm. where the if you're into like, it, it, there's one song. Both of those. Well, I guess Envy has an entire album of it. Um, but this is the song for Braid. Where if you're into sort of the uh, the the weird like non the 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 non melodic stuff that they do like you can find stuff to like in a dozen roses and then find and be like okay what songs on their in their discography sound kind of like that but you can also find the popular stuff in there which is uh, you know then you can go down to Ariel and go down to you know go up to first day back and all all those tracks Um, whereas with envy you know it's like if you listen to a dead sinking story you're like okay so if you want the harder stuff you go earlier into the into their discography if you like sort of the more the the more instrumental like prettier stuff you go later um and so like i I think that that's really the point for both those bands where it's like this is where you figure out what you like about this band and what what you don't like about this band um right and so yeah i think a dozen roses is also a great track to point out in that sort of stuff Uh, but also they have a song called i keep a diary because they're still an
1: emo band (laughs) <laughs> yeah when i heard when i heard that song i haven't listened to this album in probably eight years um so i d- didn't remember much from it but when uh when i keep a diary came on and uh he starts off by like uh naming the year and like where he was i was just like man remember emo yeah. <laughs> Emo it was oh tight uh the,
2: the, the, yeah
1: the, the, that was that's maybe the most
2: The most emo song of Braid's entire discography Like in terms of stereotypical shit Right Um, But The weird thing about Braid to me is When that whole uh, Emo revival thing was going on I I guess it's still Mm kind of going on um, Kind of-ish When Algernon Cadwallader came out And sort of sparked that whole flame um, Mm -hmm. It was interesting to see That not a whole lot of bands Even really attempted the Braid thing Right. Um, most of them went towards the the Captain Jazz
1: American football sort of the Kinsella brothers, yeah. Uh, yeah. genre. I was like, because the Kinsellas were still playing in most of those yeah. bands. Uh, you know,
2: Owens still existed, you know. Right. Uh, you guys just uncovered another vein for me uh, with the Kinsella it'll Brothers.
1: I'll say uh there 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 came around and yeah. Joan of Arc came back and all that other stuff. Yeah. So
2: And then there were a dozen bands of 19-year-olds that sounded exactly like all those other bands. Um Right. But nobody was nobody was trying to do this stuff. Like they they knew they, they I feel like a lot of bands figured out how to do sort of like the twinkly guitar stuff, but they didn't yeah. layer it on top of The weird muted atonal chords, yeah. Um, Which I want—I want somebody to try the braid thing just to see what would happen. I'm sure that somebody has.
1: I just haven't heard it. But yeah, uh, (laughs) I mean, because the stuff that the stuff that broke through, like, was. They were like, hey, we heard, we know what American football sounds yeah.
2: like. <laughs> which,
1: which, like, I don't have a problem with, but it's just like, man, if I wanted to hear American football, I would listen to American football. Yeah. American football <laughs> is one of the all time great bands, and, like, yeah, it's I would, so yeah, yeah, just to being go there.
0: Just a t shirt for us, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just uh, seven L's after American football, and just listen to American football. Oh. Uh, the yeah and so like it's interesting because braid would i've I've seen let me put a caveat on this i've I've seen braid um mm. in their you know sort of reunion tour um I saw them at the fest in Florida which was if you wanna if, if for those that that don't know it's a weekend where six thousand punks take over Gainesville Florida and it's sort of this weird punk summer camp. That is a nightmare for most people But because I like drinking a lot of beer It's fine by me <laughs> um, The But I saw them play there Which is sort of the perfect place to see that band Because it's, everyone knows all the words To every, I mean that's the whole thing about the Fest Is every band is from that From this very specific scene of like 6,000 kids And I'm too old to be going But that's, it's, that's beside the point point. Um, and so the Seeing them in a place where everyone knows everything about that band is a fascinating experience versus seeing them in a place like Los Angeles where people are like, oh, I've heard of Braid. I'm going to go, you know, I'll, I'll drive down to the Plex and go see that band. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's it's a lot of head nodding and being like appreciating Braid, you know, which that's like, that's not really why I go to shows. Like, I don't need to, It, it well, this kind of show, at least. Um, right. If I'm going to go see certain bands, I'll stand there and be like, yeah, this is this is some smart rock and roll um but for for me seeing braid is a lot about uh, the emotional experience of it and <laughs> I don't recommend seeing them <laughs> in a place where people are just gonna like like I said like just stand and appreciate braid because they're not that kind of band really I don't think mm-hmm. um, th- to me when I listen to these songs it's it's they're much more about. Everyone raising their fists and doing the weird like yelpy yeah kind of thing.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do every that fourth they do. word. Here we go. Yeah,
2: yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's. Braid's a great live band. I'll say that. They 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 can they they play the songs. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> they play the songs and they I wish do that them well. Wasn't such a high evaluation of a band, but it kind of is.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you, you see a lot of emo bands, and they're like, dude, you, man, you really fudged it in the recording, didn't you? <laughs> Y'all, are, like, you, there's a lot of tracks on that recording, isn't there? Like, and then you see them, you're like, oh, no, yeah, this is, this isn't, this isn't great. Um, yeah, especially those emo revival bands.
1: Oof, I've seen a few. Uh <laughs> Taylor where can we find you on the internet you can find me at Taylor Cock on Twitter do you have any like podcast oh you can, to... you can oh, I'm allowed to plug tell, tell me yeah plug, plug away. we don't have a song like we don't have a song like comedy bang bang you have to okay good you do your whole thing uh, that, that would be rough <laughs> for me
2: anyway because you guys don't want to hear me sing um, <laughs> the uh, you can you can also find my other podcast because I'm the host of this one now Um the at uh, Naruto Show podcast. It is a podcast about Naruto, the anime, no.
1: which I don't. No. I didn't. I committed Taurus, did you to not know this.
0: I thought that that's why we had him on, so you guys could relate.
1: No, I saw that. I I saw. I looked at his profile. I'm not stupid. I I committed,
2: I committed to watching this this, God program so
1: time. You're gonna die watching this show. Here's the thing: is
2: I, I don't have any emotional connection to anime in any way. I did not grow uh-huh. up watching anime, and uh-huh. I, I I basically thought it would be funny to watch all of Naruto, and now I realize that I'm we're a hundred episodes into Naruto, and there's a, oh you're no you're
1: nowhere
0: like- <laughs> yeah
2: approximately seven hundred left, and I keep oh making God. more. And it, I'm slowly well, going down well, a insane thing. Now it's,
1: thing. And now it's uh, Boruto. Yes. So we've
2: committed to Boruto. Oh my so God. in six the years the we'll get there.
1: As yeah, I say, the show's never going to end. Yeah,
2: it's it's going to be rough. But yeah, listen to my podcast where I slowly go insane while talking about some fucking asshole named Sasuke.
0: Hey, as somebody that did three years in a in a podcast trying to watch Doctor Who from the very beginning, um, oh, I've, yeah, oh. no, you're right. Mine's worse. <laughs> got ch- you gotta choose a shorter anime and a shorter TV show. <laughs> a shorter Look, man. anime than Doctor
1: Who. <laughs> there's a, I'll, I'll say there's a lot more bad episodes of Doctor Who than there are of Naruto's, at least so far. I'll say Naruto at least has like the animation. Like a lot of the fights are cool, but. The fights are cool. Unfortunately, hard to talk about in audio form.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh brock where are you on the internet online i have some on podcasts on i have a show called less than silent hills that's a monthly silent hill podcast where we talk about it so you don't have to with my friend rachel uh terrence edits that one it is great uh i have a podcast Indeed. with my wife called missouri loves company where we talk to people about politics out here in the midwest uh terrence edits that uh, i have a show called carrying into the void that's a ah. dark uh, self-care podcast with um my other buddy and Terrence doesn't edit that one because I can't take up all of his time. I can't afford his rates, but those rates are good, and other people should hire him. Uh, and then I've got I've got this uh, with Taylor as the host. I, I please have me on as a guest sometime. I suppose mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll I'll try
1: to squeeze you back in. You should you gotta you gotta do one of the movies. So because uh, anime movies d- never have any sort of bearing on the rest of the story so, we'll, like, we'll have to, we've got some things in the works usually usually anime movies like when they have a movie it's just like this thing happened and it doesn't really affect uh the rest of the storyline well, i guess but i some I mean,
0: pokemon movies so that makes sense uh, yeah
1: like like it's especially with big anime like that where it's just like oh this this didn't matter like with uh with like digimon yes the movies matter because like there's it's a thing that happens in the timeline it's like a lot of anime movies they just like oh we found this new island where a thing happened guess we go there uh which uh which is interesting which uh interests me about the new my hero academia movie where they literally have an episode leading into the movie uh but it's about uh yeah i was i was really surprised about that um and yeah so whatever uh, you can find me online at the Black Nerd. I will be streaming on Twitch uh, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Please try to currently currently watch more of Terrence a... regularly. I'm trying to do more of it. We got to get those average currently, numbers up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Currently working through a video game that I hate. Which which one? And uh, Kingdom Hearts rechain of Memories. Well, there's your problem.
0: That's the card battling <laughs> one. Uh-huh. I like that you both know what's uh, wrong with each other and your choices, but you're just going to commit to them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm almost, I'm on the second half of the game, and then I get to play one of my favorite games of all time, Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm. Uh, More anime. God Chain, of Mer- oh, God, Chain of Memories is so, the game is bad to play, you guys. It's a bad video game. It's a bad video game. <laughs> and I just finished Spider-Man, so I was like on a high, and then I had to play this again, and I'm just like, God, fucking. That's a, that's a, that's a far, far cliff to fall from. It is like I can't it is. anything
0: like... else until I finished Spider Man. I had to duck back out to play Silent Hill Two for the Silent Hill podcast, and I was like, "Fucking no! This is not. I don't I know what fun looks like, and this is not fun. This isn't Spider Man. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, if I could just rope up Pyramid Head and and dangle around town <laughs> high above the fog, boy, what a more fun game that would be. I actually now I'm just looking forward to all the uh, uh, when it comes to PC all of the Spider Man mods. Or we'll just mod in other game maps, <laughs> right? That, uh, yeah, yeah, I would. I would, I would, I would
1: play think that. About that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Taylor, you have anything else for
2: us that that, that is want to say? That is all. I. If you guys ever want me to come in and talk about Southern California punk bands and <laughs> helping them carry their shit, uh, I, I would. I would be glad to do so because <laughs> I, I, I feel there should be a. I feel like there should be a separate podcast that is just high school band
1: stories. <laughs> yeah, that's that is actually not a bad idea. Uh somebody can take that idea because I Do not have time. Already have oh uh, yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say I already have another podcast that I haven't started yet that I have. Yeah. Sorry, I just burped. And I was gonna finish that thought, but then my body was like, Hey, here's this. Um anyway. <laughs>
0: What a for go out on Oh my god
1: <laughs> <laughs> It was a perfect uh, You know it was, You it should, it should was, just let it fly and just end the show just, <sighs> Um. Now we have a sign off And that sign off is We are the coolest kids And we take what
0: we can guess.